Welcome back to the Retro Resolutions Podcast. I'm Dylan. This is Matt. And today for our 24th episode, we are returning to our uh, recent trend of doing some lists. And today's list is our top 10 handhelds list. And when I first titled this uh, room that we're recording in, um, I did not give it a number because I wasn't sure we'd be able to get to 10. And then we made a list of consoles that could potentially be on here. And definitely we can do 10. So, Which is pretty good, actually. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking five at first. So yeah. Uh, for this one. But I think we can get to 10. So um, I think, though, that we can make this one, hopefully... A single episode where yeah. we where we pick the ten and then we I think the sorting will be the biggest ones because I think the ten will be pretty easy to come to. Uh, right. There is a group of them that are a cut above and yes. um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what we're going to talk about today. But as usual, before we do that, I want to talk about what we've been playing. Yeah. Uh, and so first, let's talk about our assigned games, and then I've got some other stuff that I want to talk about that I've been playing as well sure. as the assigned games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, I think it's your turn. Okay. So go um, first. Yeah, I want to talk about Mega Force. The thing yeah. about Mega Force is that as an Atari twenty six hundred game, there's not a ton to talk about. Right. Uh, but that does not mean that it is not an interesting game to talk about. Right. Um, it is, as you uh, talked about, I think, uh, on, on the assignment uh, section from the last episode, it's a, it's like a Defender, basically, yeah. but it's based on a goofy action movie. Um, yes. And it lives up to that. It's, it's good. Yeah. Uh in a in a, a simple Atari 2600 game that's like Defender, uh, I did like how the little motorbike thing that you're riding yeah. uh, converts from a bike with its like four pixel wheels. Yeah, exactly. Into like a, a flying bike. A flying bike that has yeah. jets. That um, has jets. Yeah. Uh, I. I assume this was something that was easier to understand with like the instruction manual that came with it, but I didn't quite understand if I was supposed to be protecting the fuel canister things on the ground or if I was supposed to be destroying those. Cause you can do both. Right. You know, I, I believe that it, uh, if I remember correctly, if you shoot the, the fuel, uh, it actually gives you fuel on your fuel bike. Okay. So, but the, here's the confusing part: is right at the beginning you have those those buildings you're supposed to like supposedly defend, and I really didn't quite. Yeah. Reading the instructions, I've never really quite. I kind of just basically what I loved about it is just flying around, destroying stuff, rescuing yeah. little people. Yep. And that's what I did. I just kind of yeah, just played but, around a little bit. The graphics and... were pretty decent, you know, for for an Atari, especially. Actually, I think. Well, yeah. Pretty... So for uh, to yeah. describe it, the the Atari twenty six hundred is, I think, pretty well known for having very simple graphics, yeah. usually with a liberal use of negative space. Right? They would it would only fill in the like interactable objects on a screen right like so for a very basic example with pong 
it would only only objects on the screen were the paddles and the ball. Yeah. Um, and uh, with Pac-Man, the only objects in the screen are the ghosts, Pac-Man himself, and the dots, and then the walls that you have to stay within. But there isn't yeah. anything in between the walls that's like set dressing. There's no decorations to most Atari 2600 games. That's right, yeah. And Mega Force is, is interesting in that it's a licensed game, which I suppose is different back then than it is today. But yeah. it had good graphics in quotes scare quotes are around good because yeah. they were still very simple for, um, again you know uh 4k of memory of storage yeah. on those cartridges you yeah know? So and and 4K. so the background it had a background which was interesting it did um, and yeah. it's got kind of like a kind of a horizon horizon thing going yeah. on yeah. Uh, and then it's got your bike and the enemies and the the uh, fuel canister things and buildings and stuff that are on the ground. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun. I enjoyed messing around with it. What about cool. you? Right I, I assigned you Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which uh, will date this um, recording. But like a few days later, Nintendo released it on Nintendo Switch. So you had other ways to check it out. I did. You know, and it what's interesting is that like like probably that same day i canceled my <sighs> switch nintendo expansion pack thing yeah service or whatever in fact i i just i wasn't playing any of it you know yeah. the online service so i just canceled it all and just was like uh ex, you know yeah i just i have so many other ways to play you know uh games uh like the mister or uh in this example though i actually played uh most i played a little bit on my steam deck just because i hadn't really played mm -hmm. that uh system on on the steam deck and then i played it on my oh my my wannabe uh game boy uh, case that runs off of a Raspberry Pi 2 oh, yes. um, unit, which uh, 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 Retro Flag, I think, makes some or something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it's a cute little system because, of course, I'm still waiting for my analog pocket, which would have been happily something I would have loved to have tried, but. Uh, yeah, and on pocket, still waiting uh, for. Uh, I looked it up. I ordered it uh, uh, June, so you know I'm still, still, still waiting. Uh, Man, it'd be a year by the time I actually get it. You know, which I really am kind of surprised, especially when they tried to move up the timeline. Uh, so yeah, what would you think of the game? So yeah, the game. Uh, I really liked. I actually, I definitely want to go back to it and put some more time into it, but I, I really liked the interaction with the characters, uh, both in the Mario world and, you know, especially because realizing this was a, you know, an early game into, uh, the Mario RPG type series, you know, uh, but I also like the puzzles and like the, the, uh, the switches, you know, like switching off with Mario and Luigi or trying to play at the same time. Uh, all those different uh, 
complexities I really enjoyed. I, in fact, like I said, I really want to go back to it and play it some more because, uh, 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 hopefully, you know, again, uh, I can load that up. Have, have you played that on the analog pocket? By any a chance? little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to play that on the analog pocket for sure. You know, and definitely the on my pocket list. And the mister would have the same advantage, but I think the pocket would be a good place to play it because of the, um, not that this game's particularly timing challenging. Yeah. Um, because it is still like a mostly turn-based RPG it type. It kind of is, yeah, it's exactly. Got like little like um, it's got like, like Mario RPGs like all have this this thing that other RPGs don't typically have, which is like a like a real-time component where you can like add you can jump and fire and you can do different yeah. damage by exactly you do additional yeah. damage if you time this certain move yeah yeah uh so and then there's like so there's stuff like that and then there's stuff in the overworld where you're like trying to jump mario and luigi at the right time by pushing mm. the B buttons so it would be maybe benefit from that on a on an FPGA because it wouldn't have the latency of emulation. So, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I definitely enjoyed that. And then, uh, and then kind of, uh, for the games that I played, I'll, I'll go first on this side. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the other games that I've been playing, uh, on retro side, uh, both are kind of cheats, I guess. But, uh, of course, during this time, uh, it was very quickly announced and then very quickly released, which was the Metroid Prime mm. remake. Is that what they're calling it? Remaster. Remaster. Yeah, the the remaster. Uh, so I definitely been playing that uh, on the Switch, uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, it's awesome. You know, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I've got the OLED screen. It's definitely mm -hmm. the game I will be using to show off that OLED screen on the Switch. Uh, yeah. it's, it's gorgeous. Um, uh, and then the other one is actually, a, again, I'm cheating because it's a collection of retro games, but it's one we discussed in our last uh, podcast uh which was where we talked a lot, of course, about the Atari 2600. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd also talked about uh, the Atari 50. Oh, uh, yes. The 50th anniversary Atari uh, collection. Um, and uh, so I bought it. And I actually, it took me a while because I was trying to decide what, what did I want it on the PS5, the Xbox Series X, or did I want it on the PC? I ended up going on the Steam Deck PC because mm -hmm. I wanted to play it on the Steam Deck. And, uh, man, that game is uh, is as good as we had hoped in the reviews that you and I had both discussed. And it is a just, I mean, it's like a, it's like a video game documentary with a ton of videos from like and interviews from the creators of different games. And uh, it's a history timeline. So you literally kind of start playing, but you're also doing this timeline of 
you know, and they start out with Pong and they go from there. And so you'll get to play different games. And a lot of times there'll be remixes of the games or you can play the originals. Uh, but it's kind of fun. So they'll, and then there'll be like videos or like reading sections and pages of like artwork and different things you can flip through. And then, uh, and then you'll go to the next game. So I, I, I really don't, I can't really pick out a specific one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just been really, uh, you know, if, uh, especially people who like myself who grew up with the Atari 2600 as being a major component to their retro history. I, I just can't recommend that enough. It's really well put together and uh, it's just so much fun. Just a lot of fun. So yeah. great nice. presentation, great system. And it's in so far it's been working great on the steam deck. So I got to pick it up. I, you do. I, I, yeah, I think you do. I mean, I know this, this wasn't as big a piece of history for you, but it doesn't matter. Like the, I don't like, think it matters. It, you if know. you're into retro gaming, man, I, I really think this is a good, good collection to, to purchase. Yeah, I, I hope other companies learn from this because I love to. Yes. I mean, I kept thinking like, oh man, I would love to see this as a, uh, Capcom, of Ooh, history. Yeah. I would, I would buy that. I'd pre-purchase that, you know, a year in advance, you know, if I could convince people. So. Or Konami. Oh, man. Konami would be, of course, my favorite, you know. I would go nuts over that, you know. Sega, you know, there's just a ton of them that could do some really cool uh, documentary-style histories of retro gaming in the yeah. same uh, thing. Because, you know, this isn't just the 2600. It's... it's it, they're covering all sorts of, you know, arcade games to, yeah. to the local systems, to everything. So it's, yeah, it's a blast. And, uh, yeah, you definitely need to get it. Highly I'll recommend to pick it up. Uh, was there anything what else you have you been playing? Okay. Yeah. I, um, I want to talk about, I have been really utilizing my analog pocket a whole bunch. Uh, I got a little skin on it Ooh, you do. Um, lately. Uh, I just, just stuck a little, We'll cover on it. But anyway, that's not important. I have been playing a bunch of analog pocket. Uh, in fact, uh, my wife and I went recently. I'm hoping you're making up for the lack of me not being able to play an analog <laughs> pocket. So I'm good for you. So I, my wife and I went to the beach for the weekend to uh, get away. We needed a little bit of a, a little bit of a getaway. So we went uh, and hung out and, and Julia brought, um, on my Xbox Series S and uh, was playing um, uh, Hogwarts Legacy uh, a little bit on our getaway like weekend. That. I don't know. She likes it. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I, I, I haven't been playing it. I know. I need to. I, yeah, that's right. I, I should ask her. Uh, yeah, I'm curious. Let, uh, ask her what she thinks. If she's playing it, that's great, though. I've been curious yeah, to she look at it, it myself. Um. But anyway, back to you. But me, was yeah. it? How was the weather? Was it good weather? It was decent. Okay. Fine. A lot For of times this time of year, yeah. where you go out to the coast, and you're usually trapped in the wherever you're, you know, staying because it's yeah. Like, no, we walked on the beach a little bit. And, nice, um, nice. And we had some beach. Mostly, it was about getting away. So yeah, exactly. Matter, but... That's the thing. Is like sometimes it's just great, even if the weather's bad, just to get out of town. You know. Yeah. 
Yep. So uh, I took my Steam Deck and my Analog Pocket and did not open my Steam Deck's case even once. Wow. Instead, I stuck to my Analog Pocket. Uh, wow. And I have been playing a game I owned as a kid but don't have anymore. Um, and I've been playing it on my EverDrive. Uh, and actually, I just I ordered it on, on uh, eBay, uh, the actual cartridge. Uh, I've been playing Wario Land 4. Uh, for the Game Boy Advance, and uh, I, I, I think the reason I jumped back into it is because I'd seen some YouTube videos about it, and and Wario Land Four is an interesting game. Uh, because well, they didn't make a Wario Land Five, uh, but it is like the culmination of that kind of game uh it's like a technical showcase for the game boy advance it's uh like really good uh on its own it is like a really great little game boy advance game it's like a little platformer where you're wario and you're trying to get coins and money and stuff and uh, certain enemies can do certain weird things to you. Like if you get bitten by a bat, you get turned into a bat and like, it doesn't hurt you. You just get turned into a little Wario bat and it's like a flappy bird style controls where you got to hit the a button to fly yep. up. And if you so don't, you flap fall. It up in the, yeah. uh, and then uh, to turn back into Wario again, you got to touch light or water and it'll turn mm. back into Wario. Um, and then uh, what's interesting about it is that you get to the end of a level. Uh, so you're like looking for uh, the base. Okay, here, let's start over. The, the game has four rooms. You go into a pyramid and you're searching for stuff inside this mystical pyramid. And there's four rooms that you can go into right off the bat. And... Each room has four rooms within it, uh, but you got to go one to four of those in sequence. And uh, you're you're trying to collect three things in each individual room. You're trying to collect four uh, uh, topaz pieces or whatever whatever the color is, I guess, uh, pieces of a stone. And you're trying to collect a key to get you to the next room and you're trying to collect a cd which is less important but is like the hardest to get item and it's just like a little music thing that you can play in the sound test area hmm. um meanwhile you're trying to get as high of a score as you can in that uh room uh so you get those things and then at the end of the level there's this little frog switch and when you hit the frog switch, it opens the exit, which was also the entrance to that room. And it sets a timer where you're trying to get back to the beginning of the level within the time limit. And sometimes it changes the path that you can leave. Really? Yeah. So there's these little frog blocks that'll change where you're allowed to go. Yeah. So you basically, it's like you go all the way to the end of the level and then you turn around and then you have to find a different way back out to the exit, uh, which is where you started. Um, and so you do that four times each, each room and then you get to the end and there's a boss and, uh, and then 
Um, you know, that's that's the game. Uh, and yeah. so there's really interesting platforming challenges and little puzzles and each and every uh, level is, is unique and has different challenges. And one level, there's this like ghost skeleton pirate thing floating around. And when you get the key, he takes it from you. Uh, so you're trying to get, once you hit the frog switch, you're trying to get back with your key without this guy taking it from you. And if he takes it from you, you got to go like backwards yeah. to get wow. it. Um, but that's only one of the levels. And another level, Man. there's just uh, um, like like these little triangles you're trying to pick up to open doors to get you know around the. It's just like really interesting. The music is super weird. They do super weird stuff with the like sound pieces in it uh, where they like pitch it up and down, or they like slow it down or speed it up depending on what's happening. Um, it's a really interesting little Game Boy game. So I'm yeah, it sounds that. like it's really well. Yeah, good game design for sure. Yeah. Is it? Uh, and you said it was number four. Yeah. So Wario Land One is on the Game Boy and was Super Mario Land Three, I think. I actually have this one on cartridge right here. So it is called Wario Land Super Mario Land 3. Because um, Wario, I think, was introduced in Super, Wa uh, Super Mario Land 2, Six mm -hmm. Gold Coins, and he was the main villain. Yeah. And then in Wario Land 1, which was Super Mario Land 3, three. made him the main character, and it was a game about Wario now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then two and three, I think, were also on the Game Boy and maybe Game Boy Color. And then Wario Land 4 is on the Game Boy Advance. And then they made one on the Wii, but basically after Wario Land 4, he became the micro games uh, guy because they did WarioWare. Yeah, which is kind of sad. I mean, yeah, those things are cool, but Wario yeah. had this really cool legacy before then that <laughs> yeah. uh, he was just like this off-brand platformer that was a little bit slower a little bit more about like doing weird stuff rather than just like trying to get to the end in the best way yeah um, so anyway that's what we've been playing as you can tell now, really enjoy yeah it. it's curious i wonder why they never made a or they decided not to make a five you know that's what, i mean nintendo it's nintendo weird. yeah uh they're charging you 70 bucks for the new zelda on a on a system that most people consider retro at this point you know? <laughs> it's getting there the nintendo switch that's right uh yeah <laughs> so anyway i've been playing that uh speaking cool. though of handheld games let's rank the systems so to start off we've made a yeah. list and that list uh in no particular order yeah just as the handhelds we remembered to list and that's uh so i'm gonna just list off the ones i put down first and then just go top to bottom because you add some uh game boy game boy color game boy advance i also added game boy pocket which i don't think counts i'm gonna actually remove it in fact because i think that the, the um while we get into this the rules i think should be that it has to have its own uh game 
platform that won't work on other systems, right? So the Game Boy Color is its own distinct one because those games didn't work on the Game Boy. Yeah. Whereas the Game Boy Pocket was just a different form factor of the Game Boy platform. So anything Game Boy includes the Game Boy Pocket, the Game Boy Light, that kind of thing. Yeah, because I thought about the like, you know, even the Game Boy Watch series and things like that, you know, the the Game Nintendo Boy. Watch series. And I kind of thought about those, but then I was like, yeah, again, it doesn't feel like really a platform. It's more of a singular thing. Yeah, those are way closer to like the Tiger Electronics thing. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah. Um, so. And don't have, I think that the requirement <laughs> would be that, that a game has to go on it right like it has yeah. to like have a cartridge so the have game a cartridge watch, yeah have some kind of removable video. media yeah yeah which we totally agree on so yeah uh the so, nintendo ds yep um and notably not the nintendo dsi because that would fit in with the game boy game boy color type like distinction thing where it's like the dsi didn't have games that were only for the dsi or if it did it was like two so it doesn't yeah count. yeah uh the psp the playstation portable the playstation vita yep the atari links the sega game gear the nintendo 3ds uh you've written here sega nomad which i think we'll talk about later but I yeah. think it doesn't really count because it's actually just a sega genesis yeah it's a tough one because yeah. it's yeah, it's a tough one. I know. Uh, and same with the Turbo Graphics Express. You That's know, true. Yeah, it it played the digital cards from Turbo yeah. Graphics, you but can't. you know, uh, yeah. So you know, it's funny because in you know, for the longest time, Game Boy was like out there just forever, and there was nothing else out there. So. You know, even when Sega Nomad came out or the Turbo Graphics Express came out, people were so excited because they were color and they were portable and, you know. Uh, but technically speaking, if we're going to go by that criteria, yeah, they're technically, uh, they're definitely portables. They get honorable mentions, but yeah. they probably don't fit under the, the, the actual handhelds. But I, you know, for sure. You know, yeah. I mean, I still regret not getting a Sega Nomad. You know, uh, yeah. I like, think we'll leave them here for now, but I do think yeah. ultimately they're going to fall off because yeah, they probably will. Yeah. So, but anyway, let's uh, look at our other ones there. Uh, the Wonder Swan. Yeah. Uh, Which one? Well, go ahead on the Wonder. Swan. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, the Wonder Swan. In case you don't know, you know that was a Japanese only system. Uh, it's been imported. Uh, pretty frequently to the u.s because it's got some really good games uh a lot of them have been translated uh so you can you can, and of course they've been emulated now so uh they're easy to play and pick up in, in today's technology but uh uh so it is its own ecosystem but i don't know you know uh it, it was not a U.S. release, so that might that might affect our decision making on that one. But I still wanted it on there because it definitely was a true portable. So yeah, the Wonder Swan's definitely neat. Um, yeah, uh, 
Then there's uh, the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Color. There was the Neo Geo Pocket, which was not released in the U.S., I believe. And then the Neo Geo Pocket Color was the one that did come to the U.S. Yeah, the black uh, and white one, yeah. right? Yeah. The black and white one was, I think, Japan exclusive. Was it? Okay. I'll have to... Let me look. Let me just double check. Yeah, for some reason, I was thinking it did make a release in the U.S., but it was really quick. Like, I feel like the color came out, like fast like almost yeah, like months so in a way the neo geo pocket did not come out in the u.s oh it didn't okay but the neo geo pocket color did right uh, but yeah you're you're pretty right about it being pretty quick it was within a year the, was the it wow color came out so the the neo geo pocket came out in japan in october of 1998 and, and i think the color I mean, came out in August of 1999 in wow. America. So, and I think that was why the black and white one didn't even come to the U.S. It's just because they knew that the color was yeah. coming so quick. So, uh, there's the Nokia N gauge. Yes, on our list. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one, I got to be honest, I didn't know about uh, the oh, SMA really? Playmore oh. Neo Geo X. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'll talk about this one. Yeah. Uh, this is again on my list of regrets that I did not purchase. I still, if I could find a new one for a decent price on eBay, I would probably buy one. But unfortunately, they're, you know. 2012? Everything. It came well, out in 2012. Yes, it did. Uh, came out in 2012. Uh, and what was cool about it was that it was a uh, Neo Geo uh, portable gaming system, and and it could play. Uh, you could buy these cartridges and basically play any of the Neo Geo systems, the games. You know, mm-hmm. full on. You know, no. Uh, uh, but. What it also did is you could like plunk it down into this system and it became a, a Neo Geo home system. And it literally it you open up the cover, plunk it in, close it, and it, it literally looked like a home, an old school Neo Geo uh, system. It even came with a Neo Geo fighter arcade joystick, um, which was really awesome. And you plugged it into your TV so you could sit there and I mean, you could just like literally just yank it out of the system, plunk it back in, you know, take it on the go. Uh, There were a lot of, I think there were some problems with it. Uh, Yeah. I wonder, I think there was a little bit of emulating the game. I don't know. I I'm guessing it was, I'm guessing actually I, I would, I would bet money that it was emulated. Um, Cause I think there was some stuttering issues. I mean, overall, I think it was a pretty good system. I think that the biggest criticism was that it was expensive to get the games, as always. Yeah. Uh, you know, Neo Geo always shoots themselves in the foot with that, and or so far has. And so, yeah, it just uh, it came out. And, uh, yeah, I really wanted one, but it was pricey even when it came out because. Oh, my. Big, uh, I'm look, I've looked up the Wikipedia. So to answer this question, yes, 
The console uses the Final Burn Alpha emulator running on a Linux-based... Oh, Final Burn, wow. Yeah, it runs on a Linux-based operating system in order to play ROMs of the Neo Geo games. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is a big problem because Final Burn had a license which prohibited any for-profit usage of it. So they were illegally using the emulator on the system that they sold. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. Uh, which is not that rare of a thing to happen, actually, these days. But no, anyway. I mean, I definitely have... I've heard of, you know, yeah. I mean, there's definitely been some emulation theft. But I didn't realize that Neo Geo, like, outright yeah. ripped off Final Burn Alpha. They, they did. Yeah. Uh, there's no copy protection on it. Sure. Uh, so you could have loaded third party BIOSes, which is the thing to do with Neo Geo, by the way. Um, and the UniBIOS is what you need to use with Neo Geo stuff. Um, the operating system is called Open Dingus. Dingix. Open Dingix. Yeah, Open Dingus. Yeah, it's a. I have used Open Dingus. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just that's really interesting to me. What a oh, wild totally. system that came out. I know. I'm so glad you didn't know about that. Uh, just because it was such a cool regret uh, for myself. I just, I totally just for, you know me, I own a ton of portable stuff. So just to have that in my collection would have been awesome. But, uh, you know, and, and, and at the time that it came out, what, what, 2012? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, money was was an issue for sure. So, you know, uh, but, you know, yeah. yeah I, anyway. I looked at them today on eBay and like you can get some new ones, but they're like, you know, anywhere from four to six hundred dollars people are <sighs> wanting just for the system. Brutal. Then you have to go and try to find the games, you know, so it's like it's just it it's just not worth it, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> And if you looked at it, you have to admit, I mean, it's a really cool looking system. I mean, it's got even the portable looks cool. It's got this black, really cool metallic look to it. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, it's got the uh, it's got the thumbstick that looks like it might be kind of clicky like the uh, of course, mm. I haven't held it. But the Neo Geo Pocket had a like clicky eight way stick. You did, yeah. That he was famous for, and yeah. I, this looks like it might have something like that. At the very least, it's it's got an interesting. It does. Stick. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um. Wow, what a that's crazy. This is a yeah. crazy thing I didn't know about. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I put that on the list. Uh. uh. All right, so the last one on here is a joke I made mostly, and it's a GameCom or a Game.com by Tiger Electronics. Yep. It's bad. I'm deleting it, but I just wanted to mention that silly Yeah, thing. good old Tiger Electronics. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember the, that. The N-Gage is well. also kind of almost on the same level as the really, GameCom. It almost is. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Because uh, it, it was a mobile phone. It was a mobile... And this is the only reason I wanted it on there is that I admired that they were trying to do something with yeah. gaming. Uh, and this is, you know, this is before iPhone. And yeah. so, you know, there wasn't apps. There weren't games out there like, you know, 
billions and billions of, you know, iPhone games or whatever, you know. So for Nokia to come out with this this phone that it could also be a uh, portable video game system. And yeah, you would have cartridges and you would like, you know, plunk in cartridges and, you know, you could play games on it. Uh, you know, I really admired that. Uh, but I remember uh, one of our friends, uh, Jaime, he, uh, he got it and had it for like two days and like returned it because mm. it was such a piece of garbage. You know, it was like the games were bad. The screen had yeah. like, you know, it was one of those old LCD color screens that had like the worst ghosting. So like you couldn't oh, even yeah. tell what was going on, you know, on the screen. And I remember him showing it to me. And I just remember thinking, these are the most, whoever, I mean, a gamer did not create the uh, controls for this system. I mean, that alone ruined it. You know, just the controls ruined it. And I'm just like, man, who designed this? It clearly wasn't a gamer, which is too bad. Because at the time, I think there was a, you know, well, there's clear, there clearly was a market for gaming on the phone but this was not it uh so so yeah it gets an honorable mention but it doesn't even i would not even include it in our you know in our list or i don't think it'll make our top 10 list yes technically it has its own ecosystem uh but it was a it was a it was a big fail but i believe you had to take the battery out in order to switch games Oh really? Big failings. Wow! Yeah, man, I believe it. It just, yeah, it just. And it was, it was well thought out. It was basically a phone first. That they because because like I don't know if we're the only idiots able to remember this time. Probably not. But there were games for phones before phones had hardware in them that could do that all like all the time you'd have this flip phone that came from t-mobile that was just part of your contract or at&t or whoever is part of your contract with the service like you bought a phone for the service not for the hardware and then apple changed that where you bought the hardware first with service right right and before so before the iphone when you bought a phone they were trying to sell you apps basically uh and so it would usually come with like snake or you know tetris clone or something like that that would come on your phone or maybe brick breaker those were kind of the three is a tetris yeah kind of the breakout type things yeah yeah uh and and they would they would sell these marketplace things that that were like just terrible there, they and they were. would be licensed there you know there was spider-man and tony hawk and there was other you know games for these phones and it seemed like nokia was like oh you know what the game boy is doing gangbusters over here the game boy advance we could probably keep selling these crap games on a phone if we just added like a d-pad to the phone and then yeah. marketed aggressively towards gamers yeah through a but little be- you know tried to put a color screen on there that was yeah but because yeah. it was basically just a phone that they added a D-pad to and turned on its side a little bit. Yes. It just, it wasn't it. Uh, but anyway, what a crazy thing also that, that happened. So that one's, we're cut, I'm cutting it off. We're, we didn't, yeah, we can't, we can't allow it. <laughs> 
uh, I'm just, it can't be allowed to stay on the list. So I think, I think automatically we got to put the Game Boy up there. I'm going to just, I'm going to drop it in at one, not because I think that's where it should be, but because it needs to be on the list. So I'm going to do Game Boy. It's going to be on the list. We'll reorder the list in a little bit. Uh, I think the Game Boy Advance definitely needs to be up there. Also, uh, the DS has got to be up there. Just let me know if you disagree with any of these. No, so far so good. Yeah, this uh, is good. I, I think the PSP has to be on it. I also think the Game Gear has to be on it. I also, this is where I think it may be get a little treacherous. The Vita has to be up there. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I, and and in turn, I think also the 3DS has to be on there. I agree. Yeah. Uh, this is where it gets a little tricky, I think, because I have no experience with the Lynx, but I know that it existed and was not as low tier as the as like the Engage or the Gamecom or anything like that. Yeah. So so I'm not a hundred percent sure where to stick it. I think that, honestly, I think the Neo Geo Pocket could go in the same realm as the Atari Lynx. So I'm going to actually move it from honorable mention up to this, like, considering category. Yeah, because we've got, like, I mean, we've really got, I mean, if we do those three, that puts us to ten anyway, right? Right, the Game Boy Color, which... I think, you know what, the Game Boy Color's got to be up there. Yeah, because it's got, I mean, yeah, it could play Game Boy games, but it also had its own unique. It had its own, yeah. It was a significant processor bump. Adding color was a big deal. It It had games that could only be played on it that couldn't be played on the the Game Boy. Yeah, I I think it's fair to put that on there. I mean, it is one that, you know, we could discuss, but we're both in agreement on that. Yeah. The Lynx is where... Tell me, do you have any experience with the Lynx? So, the Lynx, I have minimal experience. Uh, it's one of those things where it was... Uh, gosh, man, was it high school or probably college? Man, it makes me feel old. But uh, it was like I knew a guy who knew a guy that mm. had one. You know, So, none of my immediate friends had one, but one of my friends knew somebody who had one. And... Uh, he brought it to school and I got to play with it. And, uh, uh, you know, I just remember it being really big and, uh, I was really impressed though, because it of course had a color screen, which was way beyond the game boy, uh, which was really kind of my only reference point at that point. Uh, look up, and find out when the Atari Lynx was released for me, because I'm curious if it came out before Game Boy Color. Oh, it definitely came out before the Game Boy Color. It came out in 1989. Okay, in, there we go. In, uh, sorry, North America. But and then in Europe, it was 1990. In, in, oh, in Japan. 1990 in Europe and Japan, but in North America, it was 1989. Okay. Which, just for reference... Because the Game Boy is so monumental, it's easy to forget that the Game Boy came out in 1989 also in North America. Wow, that's amazing. That so so the, Lynx, wow. the Lynx actually came out only like a month and a half later. Wow. Not that's even, amazing. Because September 
1989 was the Lynx. The Game Boy was July 31st. So almost gotcha. exactly one month in between them. That's amazing because I feel like I feel like I had. I remember uh, I had a Game Boy. I was 16 years old, and the reason I remember that is because I was which 89. That makes sense because I in 90 I went to I spent a semester in Germany and so a school semester. So and I brought my Game Boy and. Uh, and it was available in mm -hmm. Europe by that point, but it was so expensive. It was a kind of a rich boy's toy over there, you know? And so it kind of really set me apart, unfortunately. So I kind of hid it from people. <laughs> I didn't bring it to school. Let's put it that way. Uh, just because it was just such a rare item over there where, you know, all my friends had one back in the States, you know, it wasn't a, a rich person's, you know, like the Turbo Graphics Express, you know, nobody had those because they were just, they were, they cost a small fortune uh, when those things came out. Uh, uh, but yeah, so the Atari Lynx, uh, you know, I definitely think it should go on there. Uh, I would put it right away at probably number 10 just and make it easy because yeah, it, yeah. you know, Right now, of course, and, and we're looking at our list and we know that there's only, we've got that and we've got the new Geo Pocket Color. And those are, you know, both those are right there. It, you know, they, they I feel like they were kind of quick failures in the U.S. And, uh, but, you know, uh, I still would love to get a Neo Geo Pocket Color just to, once again, just to have one for uh, my portable collection. But, uh uh, yeah, just it's the same with the Atari Lynx. It's just that the Atari Lynx. Oh, the other thing it had, like, if I remember correctly, it took a ton of batteries and it mm. just burned through them, you know, with the color screen. Uh, yeah. I don't think it well, had and that's, I mean, that's a knock on the game gear too. Yeah. Oh, frankly. it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, I, I loved my game gear. Uh, you know, I was, I was, I was definitely, I got that right away because they were going to make Shinobi games on it. Uh, you know, even back then I was obsessed with Shinobi games. So it was yeah. like, I knew I was going to get that system and I loved it. I really loved the Game Gear. Uh, uh, but I probably spent more money on batteries than I did on games or the system. I mean, I spent so much money on the batteries yeah so the here's the thing though the lynx has to go on here because xenophobe is on the lynx it is that's true so, thank you yes that's it that is thank you for reminding me you're right lynx it's not a good it's not the best port uh, no it doesn't look very good but it is no, there it is yeah i played it on an emulator just to play it because i do of course love xenophobe and uh as you know, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just boy, you know, even compared to like the NES one, which I think was a great port. Uh, Honestly, I'm looking at the footage here, and I am blown away that this system, yeah, produced this kind it, of stuff in 1989 handheld. Yeah, it really, you know, 
it was, uh, you know, yeah, I agree. I do think, yeah, the Atari Lynx was a good, aside from the batteries and the expense, I'm, I'm still surprised it didn't do better than it did. And I think the marketing had a big, you know, marketing was, yeah, Atari was never that great at it. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing was everything, you know, and Atari really botched that up in, in with their systems, Uh, you know, that one in the Jaguar, both those systems could have been so great. And they really, I think like marketing was the biggest part of it. So, all right, so we've got one spot here left. The the links I'm, I dropped in at number ten. Um, yeah, we've got one spot here left, and I think that uh, that there is a case to be made uh, that it could go to any of these three. In okay. my opinion, the the empty spot it could go to the po- the Neo Geo Pocket Color, the Sega Nomad. Or the TurboGrafx Express. The Sega Nomad and the TurboGrafx Express, of course, as we discussed, were basically portable versions of consoles, of, of home consoles. Yeah. So for that reason, maybe shouldn't count. Except so that, then, I, what about the Game Gear? Because the Game Gear is also basically just a portable master Yeah, system, but it had its so. own type of cartridges. That's though. true. Yeah. yeah. They, you couldn't take one of those and plunk it into, you know, but... You know, the Sega Nomad, yes, you literally took a Sega Genesis game and could plunk it into the back right. and play it. But right. here's here's my argument uh, for both those systems is that, yes, you could play those, and that was their purpose. Um, and the re- this is the other reason I didn't buy a Sega Nomad. It's like I sold my Genesis games like, like – six months and then that nomad came out and i was mm. so mad because it's like you had to have the games to really right. make that worthwhile you know you know nowadays you can buy on amazon these you know sega genesis 501 questionably legal oh definitely not legal <laughs> yeah the questionably legal yeah uh yeah not legal but uh at all but you know we didn't have that option back then for sure. So, you know, if you bought a nomad, you either were buying games, which there was a resale market for used games. So, you know, I was, I was still tempted, but I knew I was going to be like, Oh man, I'm going to be rebuying all my games. Uh, But my argument is that these were made for portability where, you know, uh where so in that aspect i feel like uh uh they were their own environment so yes you could play sega genesis games but there was only two ways you could play it you could play it on a nomad in a portable environment or you had to play it on a sega genesis home unit you know yeah and same with the the Graphics Express. So those are my that's my only argument on those is that technically those cartridges were unique to those to that environment sure. in the portable realm. Now, yeah, if you yeah. want to if you want to argue against that, I, all right. But that that would be my argument for. It. Yeah, and there are still handhelds that were made like <laughs> by official companies that yeah. were publishing no, they were games. Sega Genesis, so. they were, you know. 
And like, it, let's like let's imagine twenty years from now, where would you stick the Nintendo Switch on this list? Would you say, well, the Nintendo Switch plugged into a dock, so it didn't count? Right. Well, I don't know, because it is it is a handheld, and you know, I think they made a handheld only version, but they didn't make a docked only version. Right. So no, and they. You know, uh, yeah, I think the Switch, I mean, for me, has always been a portable. You know, I've played it, you know, I'd say 90% of the time I've played it as a portable and 10% docked. I still do dock it every once in a while. Where you, I know, play it more docked. It's the other way, yeah. Yeah, it's probably 90% docked. Yeah. Um, So, you know, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I would definitely argue, of course, that it is a portable and... uh, you know, but is that is a tough one because it is one of the first where. So, where so none of these are really sticking out to me as the winner. As much as I would like to stick the Wonder Swan up there, I just yeah, can't just without the U.S. release, yeah, the no U.S. release, and I of course don't have any actual experience with it. Yeah, the only hand. I've only had emulation experience yeah. on those, uh, and I do love some of the games on the Wonder Swan. I really do. Uh, and I certainly would encourage our listeners to uh, check out some of the emulation out there, especially the the translated uh, games that are available. But yeah, it's because neither of us have played an actual Wonder Swan. Uh, Sorry, I just got uh, And I think a Wonder Swan, if I remember correctly, there I'm, I'm almost 100% sure there was a Wonder Swan black and white as well. There was. Because I yeah. did play that in Japan. Uh, it was used and I almost bought it, but then it was like, uh, at the time there wasn't a big import market or it was a difficult import market, which it still kind of is. Yeah, there were actually, and I don't have any familiarity with any of these, but there was the wonder swan, then there was the wonder swan color. And then there's the swan crystal. Um, yeah, the swan crystal I I've read about, but I, I don't know anything about any of them quite honestly yeah i can't even remember what it was um i'm trying to even look at the the uh it just says this is a later model oh, uh, okay yeah i don't think it actually improved anything i think they just remarketed it i think i don't think they even oh, it was just a redesigned swan wonder swan color color yeah that's what i that's what i remember okay good phew it took me yeah. a minute but yeah redesigned updated but so basically uh, like a like a game boy advance sp and then a game boy micro right right exactly you know um new packaging yeah yeah uh yeah the wonder swan i think definitely should stay under honorable mentions but yeah i don't think it should make the list and you know looking at the three that we have left while I really love the Sega Nomad and the TurboGrafx Express, I think the Neo Geo Pocket Color should probably make the list. While it failed probably quicker than even the Turbo... Well, it definitely failed quicker than the TurboGrafx Express. But, you know, I mean, the TurboGrafx Express, you could get a cartridge that allowed you to watch TV on it. It was amazing, you know. Uh, the reason I think, yeah. though, that the Neo Geo Pocket Color really sticks out to me it is, is a truly unique environment. And the games on it were pretty cool. They were. Uh, so, uh, you know, some of them were a little, I mean, the ones that I've played, I, most of them are really cool. I agree with you. And like I said, I would be tempted to get 
one of those just for posterity. But, you know, some of them, you know, some of them were pretty filtered down, you know, ports. But yeah, I mean, most of them were like Metal Slug and Fatal Fury and Kick of Fighters. um, And there was a Sonic uh, Hedgehog for it. Yeah. Uh, Puzzle Bobble. Um, no, I, love, was, I do love Puzzle Bubble. I yeah. think I think the ones that really that really shine are the SNK versus Capcom games. There was two. There was a match of the Millennium, which was like I think an actual fighting game, and then it there was. was Card Fighters Clash, which was Ooh. a card fighting game. Sweet. Um, so you know, it was just kind of a neat little little yeah. thing. And, uh, you and know, yeah, Slug. I have to. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so let's throw it on there. Okay, so we'll do we'll do Neo Geo Pocket Color. Also, that analog stick is dope. Uh, it, it does have a dope analog stick. It really does. So you know that's that's what I think, and it's our list. So we, we it is our we list, and you know, and and I think we'll come back to the Neo Geo Pocket Color because we've got to now argue our uh, yeah. So the 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 list ordering. Do you have anything that you just feel has to be number one? You know, it's funny. I knew you were going to ask me that, and I was going to really be, uh, I was like, crud. You know, uh, right now, if I look at this list, I have, for me, it's probably a tie, and it's a tough tie because I, and and once again, to our dear readers, uh, this list is a list that Dylan and I just agree on. It's not, you know, it's, it's a one through 10 top 10 list. And, uh, there's no qualification for why one or the other. It's just us arguing and well, just discussing really, uh, why we should have them. So, so that's what, and the reason I'm saying that now is because I'm sure many people would disagree with me on this, but I would say for me personally, it's a tie right now, uh, the Game Boy and the PSP. Okay. Those two, I really feel like should be in the number one slot. And okay. yeah, it's because of personal, sentimental experience with those two. Okay, so what do you say if we put... Because I don't really disagree with you uh, fundamentally on any... Uh, uh, with either of that uh, decision yeah. there. So... What do you say about Game Boy 1, PSP 2? Yeah, I'll agree with that. Okay. okay. It's tough. But it is tough. Because, you know, I mean, the Game Boy, it was was the game changer. You know, it was the first true portable gaming system that really got out of the LCD. I mean, the Game know, Boy really, is the Game Boy. It's the... yeah. It's a name that everyone and everyone yeah, knows. It's, yeah, it's a brand. I mean, it's like, you know. Well, and before, it's a retired brand and everyone still yeah, knows it. You know, it's like, but back then when it first came out, it was just a silly portable Nintendo that really wasn't that great, was huge, you know. Well, and it made, it was, it was like the first portable but it gaming was, thing. You know, uh, it, yeah. well, and like I was saying, it got us, there were portable things systems but they were the tiger lcd games they were right. the, so the, the game watch cartridge or, you know, or some sort of removable media cartridge based slash 
LCD, you know, yeah. system, you know, that used a, a dot matrix. Dot matrix is what it's, it's it listed on the front of the Game Boy. It says dot matrix, which it is does. silly. But yeah, right on the box, even. Oh, and yeah, on the right on the yep. On the um, like on the faceplate around the the faceplate. Yeah, that's what I was, I was trying to think of the idea, yeah. the word for that faceplate. Well, and the PSP, PSP, the PSP. I love the PSP. Um, yeah. I don't think it belongs in the top spot for a few reasons. One, it was kind of considered a little bit of a failure by Sony. Mm. Um, it, it also, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really cool of a system. Uh, but I think, uh, it had some catches to it that I think really made it not, beat even its contemporary uh competition at the time like i think the game boy advance was ultimately a better system to have at the time that it came out uh but i love it a lot so i do think i like it at number two that being said I also like the Game Boy Advance at number three for the same reason that I think. Yeah, the I, game, I think that as a platform, it, it kind of beat the PSP at the time. The games yeah. were better. The, uh, it was more for games. The PSP was so weird. This PSP is incredible. The PSP. Was yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna disagree with you. I mean, yes, I think they both had really good games specific to their systems and so it's kind of hard to argue for me yeah like there's some i love some of the psp games they are classic oh yeah you know uh for me and the graphics you know this system just blew everything out of the water when it came to the graphics it's graphics I mean, honestly so i just got a psp for the first time in years and years and years yeah an I'm so glad you, i didn't realize you didn't have one for I didn't have one. you had one i yeah. had one like 10 years ago and then I just had a Vita for so long that I didn't yeah. I didn't have a reason to have a PSP because the Vita had enough PSPing on it. Yeah, um, but, still, and, but I decided I needed the hardware Vita. itself. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you got one. And the PSP was so ahead of its time. So ahead of its time. This game so I just tried to hook it up and, and put and download games on it, and I actually did download a game on it. Uh which is insane because this system came out in like 2004 or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it played movies and yep. music. It connected to the internet. It had oh, yeah. Skype. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it connected to the PlayStation network. Technically it still does connect to the PlayStation network. because You could buy That's games amazing. digitally and download them. I just yeah. did yesterday, downloaded a game to it. It's a bad experience now. Uh, Cause it's like, you can only download games that you've already purchased. The store doesn't load. It's a mess. Yeah. You can't connect it to a PS3 and transfer your games that you downloaded over there. It's a, it's bad now. Yeah, but it's also, uh, you know, and it's in, this is an interesting thing too, is, you know, for the longest time, any, and I was always trying the latest, greatest, you know, firmware hacks on this yeah. system. But now, Oh, today it's, got it's super customized firmware that's yeah. super easy to install and set up. And now, you know, you can you can do mad crazy emulation on it and it's still a good 
for your bang for your buck, uh, the PSP, I think, is a great system to buy for portable emulation. I mean, for sure. How much do you pay for yours, if you don't mind? Uh, this is a Japanese unit that I imported from Japan, uh, and it, I bought it for $55. Yeah, 55 bucks. Uh, wow. Which is like 60 bucks is a pretty standard price for them this is a psp yeah. 3000 unit um which is the well it's not the last model they made they made an e1000 and they yeah made they the made that flip one the flip go thing yeah. yeah that was awful uh but anyway here's another thing about the psp for those who didn't have experience with the psp uh sony invented this new media form oh, for the it umd the yes. umd the universal the UMD. media disc oh, yeah and it is it's silly it was basically a tiny cd yep that was encased in a plastic little case thing with a slot yeah, well, like almost DVD like a floppy media dvd oh it was, it was a, a tiny dvd, DVD. Spin-off. Yeah. yeah so it was like a small dvd yep and and it had a little like U-shaped case, and then there was a slot in it so that they could spin the disc and and the laser could read it, yeah. and just so funny. So games came on that, and then also movies. Movies, yeah. Anime, you could buy anime yeah. uh, episodes. You could buy anime movies, you know, uh, and yeah, the just games, funny. you know, before you, you know the the and this was just the beginning of like online stores really you know oh, yeah psp so a i want to say people, the psp might have been the first it might have been because it was, like, it was one of the first times where i was like i i it i struggled with that one uh i still wanted the physical media so i bought a sure. lot of the physical uh umd uh discs and, uh, you know, I've kept like four or five just when, just to have them because it was yeah. such a unique little system, you know. Yeah, a portable game system that used optical disc media that it had about like what? I think it was like 1.5 or 2 gigs of space. I mean, it was like I said, it was DVD media, but it's a small disc. So it only oh, yeah. had, you know, but still, you know, at the time, that was way more than a Game Boy Advance could ever think of fitting in one of their cartridges i want to say metal gear solid peace walker which like has to be the absolute biggest game on the system is yeah yeah, it's like almost one and a half gigs yeah there was one i thought there was one that had two umd discs oh probably i i can't remember what game but anyway most of them you know did fit on one disc but there was like at least one or two that had like yeah literally two umds if you bought the physical media but um uh, you know the one bummer about it is that for me the biggest bummer is you know and at the time yeah the color screen was way advanced it looked great uh it just it only had one analog stick yeah that i i agree is absolutely it's biggest downside its Um, biggest downside was the one you know and actually I think even worse than having only one is that they put it on the wrong side. Yeah, it's a tough. Yeah, it, that's true. I can see it better on the other side. Yeah, I agree. I never really thought about it because it's always been on the left side. 
you know? right i would have preferred the d-pad on the left side and the mm. analog stick on the right side with the face buttons because of any shooters or whatever you yeah. could you could get that more fine aim yeah while you moved and then yeah. use the triggers Whereas the face buttons, the other way around, don't really work all yeah, that Yeah, they great. had workarounds in those games, but they were awkward. I mean, they yeah. always were. So, like, Resistance know. Retribution is a good example where uh, they had, like, a window where it auto-aimed. Yes. And you would, you know, so you would kind of rely on that a bunch. Yeah, and, a lot and, of uh, auto-targeting. Metal Gear Solid had, like, a bunch of different options where you could use the face buttons for aiming uh, and... You could switch back and forth, and it was just—it wasn't great. It wasn't yeah. great. Uh, yeah, PSP number two. I the PSP is great. Um, I think you know that my actual love is for the Vita, but right. there is no Vita without a PSP. Yeah, you know, and and you and I, yeah, I love I love the Vita, and I know that one is an emulation beast, honestly. But oh yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I we've talked about this and I, I still go to the PSP just because that was what uh, I just really played the heck out of that. That was one of the first portable systems for me. That was like where I started to realize that like there were going to be game systems, portable game systems that would be almost, if not as good as home systems. And this was the beginning of that, you know, where I was yeah. like that window was like oh this could be a reality and of course for me i've always loved portable gaming systems but this was the first real big one that was like wow this is great so yeah number two all right so number three game boy advance totally yeah, how do you feel? on that one okay i you know i talked great about games. about wario land great uh, catalog yeah it does connection have a, with the gamecube was really cool it was yeah the gamecube could play the well, and then they made a special link cable so you could plug. Oh, yeah, the link cable. That's you could plug right. games into games. the controller ports, yeah. and there were games that could interact with it. With it. the could... screen. It was almost like a Wii U with that screen. It, I mean, yeah, there was like well, two games ways. that used it, I think. Well, but... so there was there was uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles yes, and yeah. Zelda um, Four Swords Adventures. And those games, like literally you played the game like a Wii U with four yeah. people you know, yeah. back and forth where you controlled the game and there was additional screen data. Yeah, I wish I, Crystal Chronicles was the one I was thinking of. And uh, man, I would have loved, I, I never did play it in that style, you know. Yeah, I and then only, there were other games yeah. that utilized the Game Boy in like, like kind of like the Dreamcast used its VMU. Oh, really? Yeah, so like you could transfer Chows from Sonic Adventure to the Game Boy uh wow. advanced sonic advanced games wow True. uh uh pokemon you could transfer pokemon back and forth between the game boy games and the game oh, cool. games um animal crossing had like a little island you could go to and you could play with the island character on the game boy all yeah, sorts fun. of stuff like they did a bunch of that yeah um, yeah see i missed out on a lot of that so that's interesting i yeah uh so yeah that was neat um the Game Boy, the Game Boy Advance is just—it's great. It's got maybe an unbeatable library. Like, out of all of these systems, if I'm st stranded on a desert island with only one system, but I can get an EverDrive or whatever 
containing only games that that came out for that system specifically no backwards compatibility no hacks no emulation anything like that just the system and an unlimited amount of the cartridges that were made for it i think out of this list the game boy advance is the one i do pick really yeah I, I I can see you doing that actually. I, for me, it'd probably be the PSP. I, that's that's a valid that's answer it. for sure. You know? But for me, I think Game Boy Advance. So it, yeah, I love no, it. and that's a, and I yeah, I can, I totally can see that. I mean, it's a, the one thing I would say though, uh, for once again those of you who did not grow up in the generations, the Game Boy Advance is a tough one because there were very specific advances in that system. So it started out with color, no backlight. Yeah. It was crap. The original Game Boy Advance's screen does suck hard. It was garbage. Uh, I honestly didn't buy it. Like I had my friend show it to me and I was like, nope, I'm done with this. You know, the thing you have to remember about it though, is that the idea of a backlight was new. Yes. And like didn't there weren't system like the Game Boy Color didn't have a backlight. Well, except for the the Game Boy Pocket did have. Yeah. Uh, but that was a Japan only whatever. Um But the Game Gear Oh, that's did. true. And Wait, so did the, the Game, Game Gear, Gear have a backlight? It, well, or a front light or whatever. It was It lit. had some kind of front light thing. Okay. Yeah. And so uh Yeah. I it was a like a new idea, not but very it was many new technology. It, it was, it, it, it did, st- it did still suck. Uh, it really kind of did, but I mean, you know, I but I was, you know, for me, that actually made the later systems that much better hmm. versions, I guess, of the Game Boy, the Game Boy Advance SP. That was the one, the, the I had the flips, the, the, the clamshell yeah. one, you know, uh. And it had backlight, and it was great. And uh, and by that time, there were a, 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 there was a good market of games, uh, you know. And so, uh, yeah, and I had a blast with it. I think that this is very significant of the Game Boy Advance. Uh, that I think not really any other system on this, whether well, 3DS maybe, that not any other system can really tout like the Game Boy Advance can. And that is that the Game Boy Advance, aside from the Game Boy Micro, the Game Boy Advance was compatible with like maybe the most total games of any game system on this list because it was compatible with all Game Boy Color and all Game Boy Original cartridges. Yeah. And it had its own library of like thousands of games. Uh, so the Game Boy Advance has like this incredible list of uh, games that it could play. Yeah, the DS was weird because it came in and had a Game Boy cartridge and a DS cartridge, cartridge. a Game Boy Advance cartridge slot and a DS slot. But then the DSi dropped that. Yeah, so I, you know, it's it's weird. Yeah, which again, I guess the Game Boy Micro had the same thing where it came out and it dropped Game Boy Color uh, compatibility. Anyway, Game Boy Advance number three. Here's where I think we need to make some changes. I don't love DS at number four. Um, no, I don't either. I think, uh, I think, I, I don't know. I think either the Vita or the Game Gear needs to go there. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, I would say 
I would actually say the Vita goes there. And then the, the Game Gear is next after that for okay. me. Okay, so First. I think... Yeah, okay, we'll try this on. I'm going to put... I'm going to put... Uh, Vita at number four. Game Gear at number five. Now, what do you what do you think? DS or 3DS first? Uh, for me, well, that's tough because the 3DS could do. It could both. do DS games. Yeah. But. Are we? Are we? The DS was like the first touchscreen system. Yeah. Um. You know what? I think the 3DS just goes above the DS. Really? Yeah, for what? its own for on its own merits as a platform cuz the DS I don't think should get to I don't think it should get to take the Game Boy Advance's successes with it. Totally. Um, and I think the 3D well, and I think the DS like I remember the DS being like such you know, back then when the DS was out people were kind of really disappointed in yeah. that they were like, what? You're just going to make a dual screen gaming system. You're not going to improve the graphics. Really? You're not. Well, they did. Really... I, that's yeah. not totally fair. The DS was yeah. a pretty big leap from the Game Boy Advance. It's but just that it came out, I think after the PSP. It did. And that was uh, the thing. It's like, or around that same time. Yeah. And so people knew that it was like, what you know it's like the psp's out here with this like gorgeous you know system and you're yeah. gonna do just you know what felt like a dual screen you know basic it, it was graphics, like a playstation know. one level graphical yeah, and the, capability you know, it, the 3d was so bad you know they tried to do like 3d games on it and yeah you know, oh it was bad it was i mean the 3d bad. games on it were fine no they weren't they were, they were <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking specifically most you have a of, specific example that and I, this is weird because the ds i have like a huge library of ds games but i'm thinking specifically of animal crossing wild world okay so those yeah and you know that i didn't play those yeah games, so uh I, I and animal crossing wild world was really cool uh hmm. And it had good 3D. Wow. I mean, yeah, it had the for 3D, 3D graphics. Yeah, it right. had, uh, it had, a, you know, it looked pretty good. It didn't look wow. as good as the GameCube, but only because it was lower resolution, not because it was lower poly counts. Um, gotcha. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it was pretty good. Uh, but I think. I don't know. It was just kind of a little weird. The 3D, the thing about the 3DS that I think is the reason it beats it is because the 3DS has absolute banger after banger of game on it. Oh, uh, yeah. Where, like, you know, if you look at Mario on the DS, I'm like, okay, I guess I had new Super Mario Bros, which was fine-ish. It had more Mario and Luigi games, which were fine, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Zelda, it had... It had Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, which weren't all that great. They were kind of fine. Yeah, they were okay. Animal Crossing was great. But other than that, Nintendo really wasn't representing its major franchises on no. the DS. No. Um, 
the DS was really floated by things like Nintendogs and Brain yes. Age and yeah. oh, all the shovelware that came along with those. Yeah. Um, and a few and a and few Pokemon, Pokemon games, and, but yeah, yeah, well, like a billion Pokemon games, a billion yeah. Pokemon games, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um, whereas, so if you look at the 3DS, though, oh yeah, the 3DS you know has super mario 3d land it has a link between worlds it has oh. the remakes of ocarina of time and majora's metroid Track. games metroid uh samus returns it's yes. got that super weird embarrassing metroid prime federation force oh yeah the, the, so that I, one doesn't count no, um, i i i refuse to even acknowledge that that game exists well and nintendo didn't way. just do metroid dirty they also did that that um Oh. uh that zelda the yes the, the mask three, what was the, that one the i don't four... even know it was like a, it was a three links one yes. it was like four swords but there was only three of them it was weird oh it was bad yeah once again uh, i refused to ignore animal crossing that. on the 3ds was an absolute banger yeah um the Star they, Fox games were amazing. Oh yeah, they did. Uh, they did a like, Star Fox more. on there. The, and, there was know, 64 3D, I think. Yep. Uh, the 3DS just had. It had Metal Gear Solid 3D. Yeah. And here's yeah. the thing about that game that I think is so great. Is that Snake starts that game having two eyes. And then near the back back quarter of it, he loses an eye and the 3D stops working. That's it? Oh, Yeah, wow. that's, I believe that's true. I, I did not it. finish that's that That's awesome. Game. But yes. Uh, See, I, you know, and I'm one of the people that loved the 3D technology. I mean... It had Smash for 3DS. Smash. I mean, the 3D, Huge. Yeah. 3DS is just the better 3D. Better and I completely DS agree with you. I don't know why. I just, I, you know, I've, I know the 3DS wasn't a big system for you versus yeah. other systems, but maybe compared to the DS, that makes total sense to me. And I completely agree. I mean, I, you know, especially the 3D technology, once they went with the eye tracking in mm-hmm. the, what was the kind of the second the new version. 3ds the new 3ds which did improve you know it had more power to it yeah um and it had a little kind of secondary analog stick thing yep. uh it was really not very comfortable and usable but it was there uh but yeah the games it had some great games Kid Icarus I mean, Uprising. Just, great games and the and the 3d when used well was awesome i mean oh yeah i think i think the 3ds beats the ds because of its list of games that's just really good oh yeah uh technology i think yeah even that alone could almost be a good argument but the ds in my life is a bigger system but i think again that that is largely related to my love of the Game Boy Advance and the DS kind of cribbing the Game Boy Advance's yeah. success, right? I used the DS as totally. Game Boy Advance for a long time. Really? That oh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So I don't think that giving it its, like letting it stand on its own without the, the Game Boy Advance, yeah. the DS really crumbles there. It does, yeah. So then we have to come down to the last two that i think need to possibly be considered moving does the game boy color beat the the ds and i just want to come out right and say it i think yes really wow you know i struggled with this one and and well i struggled with the game boy color so 
you know. And I could be swayed the other way on this. My just immediate thought is yes. Yeah. And were you born when the Game Boy Color came out? I mean, I just want to like, <laughs> try to remember this. Is this I'm a dig saying, or are you really asking? No, it's a dig. Okay. But, uh, okay. <laughs> I, yes, I was born when the Game Boy Color came out. Yes. You were, uh, you were. I was like seven. Oh, okay. Good. I was like, I was going to be like, yeah. Uh, seven wow okay I so just, i'll boy, just verify the game boy color came out in 1998 i was seven years old okay there we go okay so seven years old so the game boy color here's the thing that i that really stands out to me was uh and I, it was that it didn't once again no backlight yep uh and uh you know uh here's a knock against it the screen was smaller than the game boy yes which is just unbelievably physically the resolution was identical yes but it was smaller but it was smaller yes it was and honestly for me personally the like the game boy the game boy color with a backlight mod uh now uh is a lot of fun but without that backlight mod or you know running it on an emulation or something else that has backlight the color for me in a lot of ways what made things worse uh trying to figure out what was going on on that like i i mean i want i'm i want you to go back to your you know still in diapers you know, <laughs> holding uh, your Game Boy. I wish I had um, batteries. I'm holding a Game Boy Color, and I wish I had yeah. batteries so I could just turn oh, it I on. I wish you could transport myself back. I oh, could. Man. Yeah, I could step away from the microphone and go. I could do that. You want me to do that? Yes, I want you okay, to do let that. Let me do that. We'll, I'll be right we'll, back. We'll take a break. A quick okay. break. Okay. I'll go use restroom. So we we're back, and and I have a Game Boy color i actually matt's looking at the screen going that's not what you had uh <laughs> i actually grabbed a different game boy color i have multiple game boy colors i grabbed a different game boy color that had batteries in it and was sitting next to cartridges so i have a game boy color game in here i have tony hawk's <laughs> pro skater 2 nice so what you want me to do and i've is, got the game boy yeah you, can, you grabbed one black too. and white and so so we're gonna turn these on live Yep. And just remember. And we're going to compare. We're going to remember what it was like. So yep. are you ready? Ready. Oh, my sound was down here. I'm going to turn it off again and turn the sound back up. Oh, it's quiet. That's all the way up, and it was so quiet. Uh, oh, yep. Yours was much louder. Did you do a amplifier mod on it? No, 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 <laughs> no amplifier mod. No. Uh. This is Tony Hawk. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loading it up. And uh, I mean, you know what? Oh, you have somebody at your door. We'll pause. Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. Thank you. 
tell you what it is. This is my iFixit tools. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry, I'm playing Tony Hawk. <laughs> this is my iFixit tools, which includes <clears throat> a few things I need for my Steam Deck to replace the hard drive. Nice. Because you need those little picks, the guitar picks. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Uh, yeah, I didn't I have, have any of those. Uh, and I didn't have anything even similar. Like, I kept, like, racking my brain. And I finally just bought an iFixit kit. So, uh, well, nice. Well, there you go. Because if you, I mean, watch the tutorials. Cause yeah. Oh, yeah. I could do it. It wouldn't be hard, but I've oh, yeah. got, it's, it's going to be easy to do. I just, the case, I just, the, everybody talks about breaking the back. So I'm just like, yeah, no. well, and make sure you eject your SD card before you do it and put your battery in sleep rest mode. Yes. There's a, there's a lot of things you got to make sure you do before. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I actually watched a couple videos and I'm glad I did. Cause I thought, Oh, this will be easy, but no. Okay. So let's, uh, did you unpause this or are we still? Uh, we're good. We're good. Okay. Okay. So we're both booted up and we are going to play some games. Check out the. Yeah. So I'm playing Tony Hawk and I got to tell you, it's, uh, it's not as bad to look at as and I think you might have expected. And it is in color. Um, this game's not all that great. Um, I'm going to load up uh, Metroid, which yeah, is I'm a playing... Game Boy game. And I'm going to do... Yeah, no, that's cheating. That's cheating. You have to you have to load a Game Boy-specific color game. Well, I did. That was Tony Hawk 2. Okay, so you're going to cheat and load up a non... Yeah, because... Just to try the... Well, because so the Game Boy Color did do this cool thing with yeah. Game Boy games. It applied a color matrix. So some games had like pre-built color uh, palettes Palette. where it would it would give you more than four colors on the screen at the same time. Uh, uh, but then you could also do, uh, I think, so if I think if I do Wario Land, which did not do that, you can hold like start and a, a direction on the D-pad or something and it would load a different palette of four colors i think it would do yeah so you could choose like what color you wanted your your base palette or whatever yeah primary color i don't know maybe it was a i don't remember oh yeah it's definitely a <laughs> you hold a and then a direction and then it loads a different shade basically for your your game boy game to be uh Oh, wait, maybe it does do more than four colors for Wario. It's just a different palette, I guess. So I've been playing... Uh, I can't... Re oh, Metroid, yeah. Yeah, Metroid Super Metroid 2. 2. On the Game Boy Pocket, which is black and white. And it's just clear as day. So easy to see. Not really. I mean, uh, all of, you the, know, but... the biggest problem, I think, with the Game Boy and Pocket is the really, really bad ghosting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had terrible ghosting. 
and the Game Boy Color doesn't have as bad of ghosting. You don't think so? I don't think so. Uh, man, I'm going to have to get out my... So I have a Game Boy Color that is a Chinese ripoff. Oh, like a knockoff, yeah. It's actually Game Boy, spelled Game Boy, and then Color spelled British. C-O-L-O-U-R. It's awesome. And it actually has a complete... It's not emulation at all. It's a full-blown... Uh, Game Boy copy uh, inside the machine, uh, you know, of course, made in China, but uh, it has backlit, and uh, but oh, you can—I okay. think you can turn off the backlight too. So I'll have to check it out again. I've just the reason I bought that was just so I could experience it with a backlight because I never did get a backlight mod. On my yeah, Game I've Boy. never backlit modded a Game Boy Color either. Yeah. Um, which I don't think you should do because you've got so many other systems that you can play. The, the, the analog pocket is just yeah, exactly. You know, it's like it's awesome. I did do want to a drop original, in what? Well, it's just like us going back to these. I love going back to this and playing yeah. it in ghost yeah. mode. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. Tough. But the, I did drop do a drop in IPS mod on a Game Boy Advance. But there, here's the reason why. No, oh. having multiple Game Boy Advances. Yeah, with an analog pocket for use on GameCube is better that That's way. That's awesome. So, um, anyway, show me and, your screen. I wanted to see your uh, what your screen looks like uh, with the game going. Did you turn it I'm off? Gonna, well, yeah, but it's trivial to turn it back on. So, <laughs> it's trivial. Let's see. I'm trying. To I know it's so hard. This is the other thing too. Is these had the the worst. Uh, reflectiveness. Well, they had to well. be in order to get the light through to get the colors. So this is Tony Hawk. Well, yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah, it's hard to see because the... Yeah, it's not, you know, it's, it's better than I remember it, actually. That's like, what I thought. Yeah, it is better than I remember it. Uh, I have, uh, well, and that was, honestly, that was probably, like, the game to show off Game Boy Color, I think, is, like, Tony Hawk. I mean, that was a really well done uh, Game Boy game. I thought. Oh yeah, for sure. They did a weirdly good job on those portable ports they did. of Tony yeah. Hawk. Um, so back to the list. Yeah. Uh, so, so we were talking about Game Boy Color, and yeah, boy, and whether it should be above DS, and I, oh boy, it's very tough. Yeah, for me, the DS being backlit and its own, while I'm not saying it had a great catalog of games. I think it was decent. Compared to Game Boy Color, I think it was phenomenal. Yeah. Game Boy Color. Really, That's true. You know, so many games for the Game Boy Color, I feel like were just like Tetris DX. You know, yeah. it wasn't even, you know, all they did is just added a color palette. You know, I mean, well, and there were a bunch of games that were like Tetris DX is actually a great example. Tetris DX is just a Tetris game that had color options, but it still ran on a Game Boy and it just stripped the color out. Yeah. Uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is another good example of that, yeah, where they true. did the DX and it was like, oh, 
Well, actually, I guess I don't know. Did DX have? A, I still it? proudly own my original Tetris for the Game Boy, which, of course, uh, you could get a Game Boy. It came with Tetris, and it was, of course, a black and white. And then the DX, like you said, could was backwards compatible with the black and white Game Boy. Uh, but I feel like there was a lot of games. There were a few, like the R-Type. I think that was a, the uh, R-Type was a the color uh, DX, the R-Type. Yes. I think it was the R-Type DX as well. Probably. Deluxe, you know, that was kind of the signifier that it was colorized or whatever. But uh, the guy that did the port on that, there was an interview on one of those retro gaming magazines. And uh, it was really cool. He really worked hard to get that to work. And he did a great job. I mean, I think I think that was one of the best Game Boy Color games that was out there was the port of our type too and yeah i mean there were great right type one yeah uh there were great dx or color games there were great additions with color yeah but i think you've got a pretty good point about uh i think you've got a pretty good point of like well it didn't really stand on in the same way that the ds can't crib the game boy advance the color shouldn't be able to crib the game boy yeah and in that spirit i think that standing on their own legs ds ds i I do do think wins because the ds still did have like this revolutionary introduction of of uh touchscreen gaming it did brain age and and cooking mama one of those like nintendogs but my nephews loved those games yeah and they brought in like older gamers and 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 you know i'm not trying to be sexist here girls no my my niece uh you know once again the nintendog the nintendo cat games were she didn't touch video games except for those ones, you know. Beyonce was in a DS commercial. Yes. So yeah, there you go. Uh, like, like as Beyonce playing a DS, she was just like, "Oh, I like to play Brain Age and Nintendogs," you know. Like it was. Yeah, I mean, I would buy a DS if I saw Beyonce. Playing <laughs> I'm just, you, know, you know, my point is, it was like, oh, they were marketing this thing for girls, and girls could yeah. play video games too, and not that it was ever like a. a a discouraged thing before it was just that the ds was really like no we're hitting the casual gamer really yeah. hard yeah uh so you know i think that's good and and yeah on its own legs like it had animal crossing it had uh uh pokemon's like technically the color had a pokemon game that was a color exclusive yeah. in right. crystal but i don't think that counts pokemon really flourished on the ds yes uh, it did yeah, it really did. And it was great on the DS. I loved yeah. the, the... Uh, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars was incredible on the DS. Uh, there were Game Boy Grand Theft Autos too, but but Chinatown Wars was really, really good. Uh, my... F- uh, okay, well, Tetris Effect is my actual favorite Tetris game. But my second favorite, until Tetris Effect, my actual favorite Tetris game was tetris ds really tetris ds is incredible have you ever played it never 
I, oh. and I love Tetris, the original. So, no, Tetris DS is an incredible version of Tetris, and and here's why: it was made by Nintendo. Uh. And it had special Nintendo, um, like modes to it where you were like Tetrising while playing Mario. Like the Mario would do good in his little level. It was a little self-played Mario game or something. And he would do better if you Tetrised good. Uh, and it had like, so it had Zelda, Metroid and Mario in it. It had music that played while you played Tetris. It played Nintendo game music. It had uh, the DS had this really cool thing where you could do a game share type thing where you would have one cartridge and then you could link wirelessly with up to four total DSs and you could play with your friends even though you were the only one who owned the game. It would That's do like, actually really cool. I mean, it is really cool. And so Tetris yeah. was one of those games where you could like have the cartridge and then you could have your friends with DS's show up and you could play Tetris with them. That's cool. Uh, which is really cool. It's called DS single card download play. Wow. Uh, which is neat. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it had, yeah, these little battle modes that were really cool. It's a really good version of Tetris. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think the DS is library on its own. Scribble Knots first came out on the DS. That's true. Scribble Knots yeah. was cool. That was huge. Uh, so yeah, you know the DS is pretty neat. Yeah. Um. It's, yeah, you know, and the more I think about, like, especially talking about all these different games with the catalog. I mean, one of the ones I remember, and it's not one of my favorites, but I have to give them major props for using the dual screens. Was uh was contra four uh oh yeah that's a you know, really good call up, out use both screens and you could go up and down on the different screens it really used both those in a 2d contra sort of way and it was cool it was you know uh it made it that much harder which is kind of a bummer <laughs> because uh contra games are known for how hard they are uh but uh you know it was great it was really good use the Pokemon games, yeah. I mean, honestly, that alone probably could have propelled and sold those DS machines because there were so many Pokemon games that came out on that thing, and they were they were great. I mean, I loved having the dual screen for that particular game set of, you know, you had your inventory, you had your battle uh scenarios down below you had your adventure your you know you had your action stuff up above it was great uh yeah there was For our fellow readers dylan is currently reading his screen in case you're wondering why he's not talking i'm trying i'm uh -huh. looking yeah you, you call it <laughs> i am looking at ds games uh and and I'm trying to remember. So when the DS launched, uh, the DS had a like a I don't know a a pretty medium launch game list. Uh, there was really? Super Mario sixty four DS, which was the goat. Uh, 
there was uh spider-man 2 uh and then just like a bunch of weird stuff thq did ping pals uh sega did feel the magic xyxx which was the game i'm looking for i'm pretty sure what was it called feel the magic xyxx huh uh which is the game I was w- wanted to look for. I was trying to remember because I was real hot on Nintendo Power and like all the Nintendo oh, yeah. like like contra not contraband propaganda at the time. Propaganda, exactly. Uh, and there was this game I was trying to remember. It was like it was being marketed as like a like a dating game, I think. Where mm-hmm. but but the the characters on screen didn't have faces they were like animated mannequins with clothes and hair that were in color but they were like like a white like silhouette i guess uh oh they were black silhouettes so i was trying to but it it, i remember because you know i was like 12 or something uh getting to the age where i noticed that ladies you know had features i wanted to pay attention to yes and i don't even remember what kind of game this was but it had like ladies that were in their silhouettes wearing like underwear or swimsuits or something uh and it was like i think mostly a mini game collection interesting it was kind of a weird it was like talking about the ds got me like it kind of dislodged the memory of me like being like i don't want to spend money on this game yeah, was it the but, 3DS or was it the DS that had the uh, uh, Lost in Blue, I think they were called? They were like dating sim games ooh. and you turned it sideways. It was really kind of interesting. That was almost certainly the original DS. Yeah, yeah. see if you can find it because it, it was like Lost in Blue or something like that. B-L-U-E, I think. Yeah, well... Yeah. So Lost in Blue is a survival game. Yeah, it's like a survival dating game, I think. That looks right. The cover island. has some anime characters. It's got these, yeah, it's all that yeah, are like, anime. Uh, that are like on a beach and it's like a guy holding a girl's hand helping her up like a rock on the beach. Exactly. So uh yeah, Lost in Blue. Boston Blue, yeah. Was it is it DS. was a DS or 3DS? No, it was DS. It probably okay. came to 3DS also, but yeah. But I that's what I thought. It was that it was DS. But that was a that was a pretty innovative game. I mean, it, it was cool. I mean, and it was one of the rare dating type sim survival right. games that came out to the U.S. Uh, yeah. There was just kind of an eclectic list of DS games. The DS. I feel like didn't really come into its own with its library until a little bit later on, but uh, with, you know, with like Nintendogs and, and brain age were what really like lit the DS off. And those weren't my games. Yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, I didn't get into the Pokemon games till my nephews did, mm-hmm. but, and that was, so for me, I got into it right when the three or the DS XL came out and I actually bought one of those. Uh, it was a DS, you know, DSi XL. XL. What was it? The DSi XL, I bet. DSi XL, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, DSi XL. And it had the, uh, you know, the larger screens and uh, uh, 
I still have it. I'm actually kind of glad I bought it because it, it's in perfect condition because I only played Pokemon games on it, you know. Right. Uh, but it was, you know, uh, yeah, I really didn't get into the DS or the DSi till really till the Pokemon games came out. Those were the big ones that really pushed me into playing those systems. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, so DS, Game Boy Color. Yeah. So do you want to just run? Are, how do you feel about the whole list, the 10 list? Sorry, my cat is freaking out. You're all right. If you can't see me. I, can, I, hear, everybody. I see her actually running around, too. Yeah, she's like currently like running around on top of my couch. I think she's bored of me being on a call. Nah, but, uh, my, my bad. Uh, so, uh, so we've got, yeah, let's look at our list. So we've got uh, number one, Game Boy. Number two, PSP, which I still, I, I feel good about that. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. the longer we kind of stepped away from it. Game Boy Advance for number three. PS Vita for number four. Sega Game Gear for number five. And I, yeah, I definitely agree with those, especially with the Vita being number four. 3DS number six. You know, man, I, after you started, like, you know, like talking just, about the bangers on the 3DS. Yeah, using your word, bangers. Uh, <laughs> way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you started throwing out, you all said the I was in diapers when the Game Boy Color came out. So yeah. I'm just I'm I'm using my kind of lingo, and, yeah, and old men banger. can't keep up with bangers. I know I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, diapers and bangers, we're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, okay, so bangers. Uh, the more I think about it, I think 3DS should actually go up to number five above this the game gear but the game gear uh just switch them just switch them just swap them yeah i I agree with that do you okay like absolutely i do yeah you know especially like i said you're it's your fault but it's true i mean you know it really did have a lot of bangers and it did bangers only on the 3ds yeah that's right it just you know (laughs) the game gear definitely was not full of bangers so no but it had you know i i i really do still feel that it had a really huge place in history where it was you know color backlit uh oh yeah you know and it was you know it was like half the size of a lynx it was still huge it was still huge it was still huge but man i love that thing you know and it had like two different Shinobi games on it. They were both great Shinobi games. Uh, I played a Sonic on it and it was really good. Yeah, Sonic was great. I mean, it was so cool playing Sonic on a portable game system. You yeah, know? at the time that was that was, that was huge. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, yeah, I really, yeah, I, man, I love that system. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, so, yeah, so I, it definitely for me is still up there on the list. I don't want to, I don't, I really would hate to see it go down or any further but i really 3ds has got it it really deserves to be at number five so okay. sega game Gear at number six seven we've got the nintendo ds uh game boy color at number eight neo geo pocket color at number nine and the atari Lynx at number 10 and i 
I'm good with that actually. Okay. What's what what are your thoughts? I mean like I don't think we should swap links with anything. Or, no. You know, it, the links in the Neo Geo Pocket to me those are honestly a coin toss. If you said, Oh yeah, we should do the Atari Links just yeah. because of its graphics capabilities and for its time, I would say, Yeah, okay. But Neo Geo Pocket has some cool stuff too. So to me, those are kind of a tie in a way. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't have any deep love for either one. Obviously, since neither of us really played either of those. Um, right. You know. So. I think. Uh, I think it's good. I. I think that this would not fly. But. I would swap the Vita and the PSP. You would oh you would. I oh, love yeah. the Vita, but I don't think that that's fair. Yeah. You know. So, I would I'm going to leave it. I think I would I would say that it's good as it is, but I love the Vita so much. It's so interesting. Yeah, like I have such a deep love for the PSP and and I I mean, I love the Vita too. I do. I mean, yeah. it's man, it's a I will yeah, I I will always have a Vita in this house. If mine died today, I would spend a fortune buying a new one if I needed. Oh yeah. I bought I bought a second Vita just so that I could keep yeah. it in the event that my actual my first Vita dies. I have two PSPs. So, yeah. you know, uh although if you had told me you were going to buy one, I might have traded it. <laughs> but uh but I'm you know, yeah, at no, the same it's time, all right. I'm glad that you got a good deal, and because uh, uh, yeah, I got really lucky. I bought one from from our our friend Jaime for like twenty bucks. Whoa! Yeah, because mine was pretty messed. I had I had dropped mine or something, and it, it, the case was pretty banged up, and so I bought one for twenty bucks, and then a friend gave him one that he had never used. It just it was out of the box and everything, but he just, he just right. said he just sat there and, and he was like, Oh, you know, I'm going to hack it for my wife. And, and, uh, he never got around to it. And he's like, do you want it? I, it's just taking up space. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Nice. So he gave it to me. So I've got like two really good, you know, PSPs and like you with your Vitas, it's, I feel good about having a backup. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. You know? So I totally understand. But, uh, um but yeah i i think this would you would you good. would you switch vita for the game boy advance i mean i could almost argue oh, no. that oh no so that's so weird that i would be willing to move the vita above game boy advance yeah it's like uh I, so here's here's why I, I say no okay on that one and that's real stupid because i would be doing that with the PSP. I know. That's why I'm surprised that you didn't so, say that first. The the reason I say no is that the Game Boy... I don't think I could put the Game Boy Advance... I, I couldn't make the trade to put the Game Boy Advance below the Vita like I could with the PSP. Like, I would be okay with the Vita being above the Game Boy Advance because it's a trade for the PSP. <laughs> But the Vita, I can't do the Game Boy Advance dirty like that because the Game Boy Advance is my personal first handheld console. Gotcha. The 
like I had played Game Boys a ton before that, but the Game Boy Advance was like the first Your my system, system that yeah. I got. Uh, and it was really, truly the first system that was mine only, right? Because the Super Nintendo and the N64 were like family, family consoles, technically. Totally. I'm the only one ever played them, but yeah. Still though, you're told like, well, this is everyone's, and yeah. and and then this one was like, this is mine, and that changed how my relationship was with it. it. It does. I mean, absolutely. I, and I think that's part of why I loved portability. Was like, yeah, this is mine. You know, it's yeah. You know, I'm and when I got it. when I got the SP, like right when the SP came out, I got an SP, and when I got that, that thing went with me everywhere because it was so much more pocketable even was that like your a, was that your first version that you got was no, the, i got the first game boy advance oh like, you did like oh, on so launch day the, or like, like no very quickly after it yeah or the no backlight or anything yeah wow. yeah i did and then uh and then i got an sp i, I loved my advance so much that i got the sp like immediately i pre-ordered it yeah the sp i was stoked i mean you know it went everywhere with me i wore fades wow. in the shape of a square in my jeans because of how much i put that in the same so like yeah, okay. i treated it like a phone wow. today yeah uh so i just i loved the game boy advance so many hours spent on the game boy advance uh as a kid informative years the game boy advance for me so i couldn't trade it against the vita despite my love for your the wish to drop Which, my psp down and like the vita <laughs> the vita i bought on launch day too oh yeah uh, me too oh, yeah, i was I an adult yeah and so it kind of doesn't have that this. same yeah. yeah uh yeah both the psp and the vita were adult for sure you know feeling well the the psp was less so i guess well no what year did the psp come out again well i think it originally launched in 2000 four or five yeah, so definitely an adult purchase for me um yeah the the vita yeah both those i bought like day one you know or pre-ordered if i could you know i can't remember if they allowed pre-orders on either of those did they on the vita i, I don't know I can't probably remember, I just, probably either way day one i got both those you know? okay so it was early 2005 for north america March 24th, 2005. Okay. So, but anyway. Yeah, still. Yeah. I bought a PSP. I was basically an adult by the time I bought a PSP sure. because I bought it with money from a job. So I was like yeah. 16 or 17. And, and Still, yeah, that's totally, yeah, that's very respectable. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy how like five years changes, you know, because the, the Game Boy Advance came out in 2001. Yeah. Uh, and and I got a PSP in like 2007 or 8 probably. Yeah. And so it's not a ton of time in the grand scheme of things, right? Like that's how long the Switch has been out. It's not that much time, but Yeah, the Switch has been out for 7 years now or Yeah, long? so around that time is the difference of time, like the lifespan of the Switch is the difference in the formative change of of like oh the game boy advance was my life when i had a game boy advance but then when the psp came out it was like oh you know this is kind of a fun thing i'm buying because i have disposable money now and it wasn't as important to me yeah so yeah, yeah. anyway 
uh this is the list we are at two hours which is gonna get cut down because editing a bunch of stuff but yeah a bunch of garbage in there but yeah but still still it's it's gonna be a long one so we're gonna finally list the the names of in order again just to make it sure the list is of the top 10 handhelds it is number one game boy number two psp Number three, Game Boy Advance. Number four, PlayStation Vita. Number five, Nintendo 3DS. Number six, the Sega Game Gear. Number seven, Nintendo DS. Number eight, Game Boy Color. Number nine, Neo Geo Pocket Color. And number nine and a half, Atari Lynx. <laughs> uh, number 10, any- Atari Lynx. But, you know, yeah. and I have to say, you know, the number one doesn't surprise me, but a lot of the other ones, I agree. Did. Through our conversations, like you know, uh, the 3DS really gained some ground. It gained some ground after you started throwing out your bangers. Yeah, uh, dude, <laughs> it has it has a list of bangers, which is so funny because like I personally did not love the you 3DS. Didn't. No, I know. Uh, I'm really surprised. Yeah. But but when you really think about the games that you can play on the 3DS, so I have a yeah. friend that I argue with whether the Vita or the 3DS was a better system. And of course I say the Vita. Oh yeah, he says Man, I would absolutely he says argue. the 3ds because it has better games and he yeah. but his his argument against the Vita is like, well the Vita mostly had games that were ports of other systems. And I think that can be considered true, right? The Vita's true exclusives list is pretty short. Uh, Well, and they brought over a lot of really great. uh, Uncharted, uh, Killzone, Tearaway, Gravity Rush. A lot of great Japanese RPGs that were exclusives to the Vita were fantastic. Just like they did with the PSP, you know. There's excellent games that are on the Vita and only on the Vita. Uh, or were only on the Vita for a very long time. But that's beside the point. The uh Vita has a pretty good list. The 3DS, I think his argument kind of falls down because the 3DS also was stuffed with ports. Oh, Metal was. Gear Solid 3. Yeah. Street Fighter 4. Zelda Ocarina and Majora's Mask. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of 64. Star yeah. Fox 64. Um, Donkey Kong Country Returns. Like oh, it was yeah. full of ports that were it available was. on other games or on other systems or, or were like remasters from other systems. And so it's like, okay, well, when you get down to it, what were its true exclusives? Like yeah. Animal Crossing. Okay, that's a banger. Super Mario 3D Land, that's that's a banger. Um, a Link Between Worlds, that's a banger. The Metroid. Uh, well, no, that's a remake. Oh, yeah, that was a remake. That's true. Although, uh, I mean, a really, really well done remake. But, yeah. Totally. It but it, And so were the 3D Ocarina games, and so was Star Fox 64 3D. Like, those were good remakes. Yeah, for they sure. were, but they were remakes. But they yeah. were remakes. And they so were. if you're going to hold Spelunky against the PS Vita because, oh, well, it was on PC yeah. first. like totally. That's yeah. a not a... So yeah. was Ocarina, you know? Uh, so anyway, I think the 3DS, like... The 3DS is an insanely good system. 
with games to play on it but then if you're certain starting to compare it because of weird things oh well it's not exclusive well then it starts to fall down um but the 3ds i think made some ground uh because i i you i think you expected me to try and dig it into the dirt but yeah i was a little you know i i didn't i mean you know i thought i could argue it up to like you know seven but i didn't think it'd be <laughs> above seven honestly you well know. yeah the five's pretty respectable yeah, five is respectable for the 3DS. I mean, I you know, and even I have to say, it wasn't my favorite system. I, I did have a lot more fun with it than I think than you did, but uh, it's still not my favorite system. So you know, but I yeah, I feel good with five. So yeah, good numbers, good. I love that we've been doing these lists just because. Yeah, I'm totally surprised at where our personalities are, are different you know yeah loves for different systems have really thrown these out there and put them in different places that i would have expected so that's awesome yeah good list um that brings us to the end of the show where we are going to assign each other games to play yes for the next to talk at the top of the next show uh which lands me in a difficult spot because as always i have forgotten to prepare a game to assign to you Ooh. So I'm going to think about it for a sec. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to have to think about it that long. Yeah, I was going to say, I would even go with the Tetris, your Tetris. What was it? Tetris. Oh, Tetris DS. That's a great, if you have a way to play a DS game, Tetris yeah. DS is a good one. Uh, play Tetris DS. That's a good okay. one. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm, I thought that's what you would go with. And I was, I was I totally considering play assigning you a PSP game. So that was oh. the alternate... That was the alternate yeah, that, option. You know, and I would have, I would, yeah. So definitely think of one for next time. So yeah, mine is going to be, and I have put some thought into this. I'm still working on it though. So my hope is that I can get this ready in time uh, so that you can play it uh, before uh, our next podcast. If not, I may give you an alternative okay. uh, game, but so here's the deal. So one of the systems that we, uh, don't talk about a lot, but we've kind of agreed that it is a it can be a retro system. Is the PC, the yeah, oh yeah, computer, and you know for me especially, uh, there was some really. The PC is a uh, is a uh, yeah. It just I had a lot of times where there weren't new systems out there but i always could go back to my pc and play and so uh i was watching a uh retro video on youtube about uh and i've i've played with this before but i didn't realize how amazing it was till i watched the video and it's a virtual system called a virtualization system called pcm pcem and uh, what's really cool is that a lot of like uh, VirtualBox or VMware, they virtualize at kind of a minimum layer. You know, they just enough for you to be able to launch the OS and that's mm -hmm. it. They don't go into like IRQs or, you know, video cards or any of this. PCEM allows you to basically build a computer. So what I've done is I've been building this last week in this EM my first computer that I personally own. So it was my parents always had a com computer 
and uh, you know they always had a PC, but I had never. My first PC was I, as I told you before, was a uh, three eighty six DX AMD forty megahertz, and that was really cool because Intel never went past thirty three megahertz on their uh, three eighty six hmm. systems. Uh, and, uh, so it was fast. 40 megahertz was scorching. I mean, four zero. Yeah, I know. Calculators go faster than that. now. I know. It's just, it's, I, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing oh. at how crazy it is that we've come. Like, oh, it was. Yeah. And it had four megabytes of Ram, which was, wow, that actually is pretty big. <laughs> it was at the time, four megabytes, you know, not gigabytes, four megs, but yeah. You know, the standard by that time at that time was two megs. So I had like double, you know, this is like 32 gigs in today's standards. You know, I know. Uh, I remember in high school, a friend had a PC and he put two gigabytes of RAM in his PC. And I was like, that's absurd, dude. You're never going to need two gigabytes. No, I know. Isn't that crazy? And now we're at like 32, you know, Windows Windows won't run on two gigabytes anymore. Oh, yeah. No way. You know, minimum four, you know, minimum and really eight. And now it's like, man, 32, like I said, for gaming. But anyway, so uh, and I also had and this was nuts. You could buy a math coprocessor. So it was a secondary processor that you could fit in in any kind of mathematic intense work for like even gaming. It could actually use that math coprocessor. Eventually they just started building it into the processor. And right. Just, yeah. Like know. Apple's been doing with their like image coprocessing and their. Yeah. Their, it was like, yeah, yeah. Or like AI coprocessing now, yeah, you know, integrated graphics. Or, exactly. Yeah. So it was one of those. But so, uh, and literally you can actually build this in PCEM. You can throw in, you know, uh, you can put in a Voodoo video card, which I had a Voodoo video card at one point. Uh, dearly loved uh, 3D video card. At the time, though, when I had this, though, it wasn't. So anyway, there was a game that I really liked called Earth Siege 2. It was made by Sierra. It's a okay. mech game, kind of like MechWarrior. Yeah. But it had really amazing, at the time, it had really amazing 3D ground effects and stuff like that. Uh like MechWare 2 just had like a straight line for the horizon, you know, and that was it. But Earth Siege 2, uh, I I have the game and I just need to get it uh, installed. Okay. Uh, what this is going to have is, is uh, I'm building you a VM with Windows 3.1.1. Uh, Earth Siege 2 is freeware. Uh, it was officially, Sierra gave it up. and Yeah, uh, like uh, Bungie did like Marathon. You know. Yes, exactly. Marathon. Totally. So, so yeah, that's going to be your game is Earth Siege 2. Uh, once I build it your PC. FMV in it. Full motion yes. video. Full motion video. I love a good FMV. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Earth Siege 2 was great. I loved that game. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those that comes up when I think of PC retro. So, Yeah, I'm looking at footage. I'm excited to check it out. Uh, it is it is got kind of a like a, a yeah like and definitely but... look up pcm like i said it's hardware emulation to like a really amazing degree i'm really impressed with pcem uh being able to use that for retro gaming uh i think it's going to really make because dosbox honestly is i hate dosbox so much 
Uh, it's just a real pain. And this is this has so many more configuration options, but it's easier. So fun stuff. All right. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me know when you got that ready. I'm excited to check it out. Uh, until next time. Thank yeah. you for listening.